You're listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. This podcast was recorded on August 8th, 2018 at 11 a.m. Hello everyone, my name is Juan Rivas and I'm the host for Let's Talk Trio. I'm excited for today's episode. We are featuring a long-awaited reunion between two DJs. Uh, Miss Victoria Smith from University of Alaska in Fairbanks and former host of Trio's company at KSUA. Victoria will be on the show to discuss her involvement with Trio. Uh, We're going to reminisce a little bit about our radio collaboration that we made uh, many, many years ago. Uh, It was a kind of out of the blue collaboration. Um, At the time, I was uh, working college radio for Eastern New Mexico University Hound Waves and Victoria was at KSUA. We had found each other as trio colleagues and uh, I saw that she uh, was running a trio related radio program. And we kind of connected on that level of we're both broadcasting to send a message about trio programs, which was really cool. We, we collaborated, so we, I appeared on her show, she appeared on mine. And it was just a wonderful collaboration between two TRIO programs, uh, our two people that are alums of TRIO. And we, uh, again, it was uh, an amazing collaboration. Uh, I still cannot, unfortunately, get the math right for Alaska because I keep thinking that they're either two hours behind our, our time or two hours uh, somewhere. I'm, I'm missing the math. But fortunately, Victoria, she was able to help correct me and we're syncing up our calendars to make this interview work. So again, um, the interview today is uh, Victoria Smith, who is a TRIO alum and, and currently uh, the director for the TRIO Student Support Services Program at the University of Alaska in Fairbanks, and uh, she's doing amazing work. I think that, um, again, when people go into to work for TRIO, especially alum that go back to work for TRIO, I think there's this uh, greater sense of passion uh, that occurs because you really want to see this your program succeed and you really want to give back as much as you can to a program that helped you succeed. So with Victoria, I, I can relate to in many levels. Um, we talk greatly about our trio programs. Uh, I still do as the host of this podcast. It's still for me very important to talk about trio and uh, how trio just m- made a big difference in my life. Um, so I'll have Victoria here on the show here in a little while. Um, and just to putting it, put it out there, folks, uh, so I'm glad that you're enjoying the podcast. I'm glad that you're uh, really supporting us. I posted earlier on how best you can support this podcast. We're non-monetized. What that means is I've deliberately chosen not to commercialize my podcast. Several reasons behind that. One is I do uh, use music that doesn't require any royalties. Um, if I were to monetize, I would have to change that. I would have to... Uh, start paying uh, bensound.com to at least purchase that license to use the music. Being non-monetized and being non-profit at the moment means I'm just doing essentially the basics to exist as a podcast station or a podcast program. Uh, the Another reason why I stay non-monetized is because I feel like you, the audience, deserves to hear the interview without any commercial breaks. It's kind of like uh, listening to NPR, but, uh, you know, it... it I don't want to interrupt your listening pleasure. I don't want to listen to interrupt anything that would uh, interrupt you from taking you taking you away from the story. In the future, I am going to be looking for possible ways to fund. Uh, right now, I've collaborated with various people to uh, bring you a higher quality uh, recording. 
currently I am going off of a very basic recording equipment, a microphone, laptop, and headphones. That is my equipment. And I'm, you know, it's not a very large investment, but uh, in the future, I may be looking for audience uh, help. Uh, I want to stay non-monetized. I don't want to cross over into the commercial stream just yet. Um, because I feel like this podcast is a public service and I, and I feel like yeah, just getting support from the audience, either through Patreon or something, I'll, f- I'll figure out a way where uh, this becomes a little bit more than just a hobby for me. Because again, I love recording, I love broadcasting, uh, I'm working on my editing skills and uh, being completely honest with my uh, audience is uh, I don't want to cross over into the commercial because I feel like I would lose a lot of control of where the commercial breaks would happen and the content of the show and the quality. That might, I feel like that might, I, I may end up losing up on a lot on that. Um, so yeah, so in the future, uh, if you ever want to be featured in Let's Talk Trio, please send me a message via Facebook. I want to get your story. I want to get your story on air. Uh, I've already said in the previous podcast, uh, the next few weeks, uh, maybe two, three weeks, it'll be a, it'll be a CSU, Colorado State University, heavily focused uh, shows. Uh, there are people in, on campus that really want to be interviewed and want to get their story on here. And I want to honor that and make sure that I, they, they are indeed sharing uh, and advocating for TRIO. Now, for the directors out there, a quick message. I know that it's very hard uh, to toe the line between are you uh, lobbying for TRIO or are you advocating for TRIO? And it's a very thin line to advocate and to lobby, right? Uh, So in this show, I promise to stay away from anything political, uh, anything that might um, impact legislation. Um, I will, for the TRIO alum that are out there, if you're listening, uh, those of you, I will ask you about, you know, current legislations and we'll talk about that but for the for the directors a, even the trio alum that end up working for trio programs i promise not to you know have your job in jeopardy by talking about legislation that you know that uh, maybe that you're not allowed to talk about i know that there's a, a very very thin red line in there somewhere that you're not allowed to speak about certain topics and i will do my best to stay away from them I am looking for underwriters for Let's Talk Trio. Uh, currently, I am not wanting any sort of monetary compensation for doing a, a, a very brief spot for your for your program or for your uh, whatever nonprofit organization is. I would love to have underwriters for Let's Talk Trio. This would give me kind of a warm up to uh, commercials uh, at the very beginning of every podcast. Again, folks, we are interviewing Victoria Smith from the University of Alaska Fairbanks. She is a TRIO alum and former host of TRIO's company. Please enjoy the show, enjoy the podcast, uh, and I will see you at the end of the interview. Thanks. I want to welcome to the podcast, Victoria Smith. Victoria, it's been a while. How have you been? I appreciate that. Yeah, this podcast started uh, in, in June, beginning of June, and it was just something that was kind of sitting in the back burner, and I really wanted to do it. Um, but I, I remember us collaborating, and it was just kind of an out-of-the-blue collaboration. 
that it was yeah it was like random happenstance i was like i've got to be the only trio radio show in existence and i was like googling looking around and all of a sudden i found yours and i was like oh my god there's another person just as crazy as me and i love it i love it um because when we when we finally connected it was uh, our the radio show themes were playing exactly the same we were trying to get stories out there and try to really advocate for trio programs um, yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, so can you tell me, is uh, Trio, Trio's company, is it still on the air at KSUA? It is not, no. Unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, unfortunately, it's a, it's a happy medium. Uh, I have moved into a position of director in my program, so I, I no longer have the... The, the luxury of, of time, as it were. So I've um, I've kind of moved away from it. Our uh, we hired a new employee in the office, Donald Crocker, who also kind of picked up the torch for a little while and kept that going. Um, but we both um, have been a little bit busy. I, it's definitely still in in the back of our minds, something to keep uh, something to keep in our minds uh, and maybe pass off to students that are interested. Oh, you know, great, um, yeah. and reengage reengage the student population in that activity if we can't get the staff to do it. Uh, but you know we have the on-campus radio station, so that there's always the opportunity to go back. Absolutely, and congratulations on you being named the director of the Student Support Services Program. Uh, again, my hats off to you. <laughs> Gosh, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything has changed rather quickly, um, but I uh, I'm just so excited to be able to help students and and whatever capacity that comes in. Um, you know that's. Uh, at this particular uh, juncture, director position was opened, and, and I applied for it. And, um, yeah, just I, I can't think of a better place to work. Honestly, I, I love my job and I love what I do, and I don't think very many mm -hmm. people actually get that opportunity. <laughs> no, it's very, it's a very rare opportunity that you get to lead a program, right, and um, to be trusted with a program, uh, especially a student support services program where it serves many students. Uh, so yeah. again, congratulations on getting that position. Um, Thank you. And I know that we've been kind of updating each other, but as you already know, I stepped down from Trio for, for almost two years now. Uh, so yeah. working closer to, with Colorado State University, uh, working with academic uh, probation students. So that's kind of been my career path, and it's still kind of in the line of Trio. Uh, I love what I do, but yeah, it's it's still kind of following that same path, like with that Trio, with that trio passion. Um, so since, uh, since leaving um, Trio's company, You've been working on various things. Uh, can you update the audience a little bit on the things that you've been working on? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, well, uh, in, in you know in the work sphere, um, you know, continuing to to serve students and, and run our summer bridge program, which was kind of my my baby going into things. This uh, emerging scholars academy that we do, which we're going to put on next week, actually. So we're really gearing up for that. Um, Additionally, like outside of work, I've been pursuing um, a master's degree. So I've been focusing, uh, I, I've been able to participate in our Arctic and Northern Studies master's program here at the university and, and focus in higher education and cultural identity and, um, you know, meld my passion, you know, on a on an academic level with what I do for, for my job and then also um, what I care about personally. And, and you know, as you know, I, I actually come from this background. I'm a first-generation college student. I grew up below the poverty line, and I, I'm passionate about what I do from, um, from a very uh, grounded, uh, you know, perspective, I guess. And, right. and having benefited from these programs, it was just a great opportunity that I was able to blend all those things together in a master's degree and, and then 
you know, successfully defend last week. Um, I successfully defended my master's project. So congratulations! Really excited about that. It was uh, five years in the making. So yeah. I'm pretty sure they were about to kick me out. If I, didn't get <laughs> <laughs> I can totally relate to that. It took me uh, about the same time amount of time to complete my master's. So I com- completely uh, hats off to you. Kudos. Congratulations on successfully defending your master's thesis. Uh, it's just or your dissertation is just a, a great sense of accomplishment. Yeah, thanks. It was uh, was definitely a a relief uh, to have that off of my plate, you know, uh, working as an interim director and, uh, you know, essentially still doing the assistant director position uh, Mm -hmm. while while finishing up my master's degree over the summer was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, but I'm glad I didn't give up. Oh, good. And I'm glad we are are all glad that you didn't give up because now you're (laughs) in a position to really help influence uh, the direction of your TRIO program. Uh, so we, we heard earlier that you were, you were involved with uh, TRIO programs early on. Um, we kind of want to know your origin story. I know I'm kind of sounding like a superhero type thing where we need to hear your superhero origin story, Victoria. So would, would you mind sharing your story with us? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, yeah, you know what? I um, I was thinking about this the other day. I've been in trio for like 15 years, either as um, a student um, or, you know, more than 15 years, actually. Um, so more than half of my life has been spent either as a student in these programs or, or working for them. Uh, even in undergrad, I worked for Upward Bound uh, Classic here at the University of Alaska Fairbanks as a resident mentor. So, um, you know, I've, I've never strayed far <laughs> from... From trio it all started uh, for me in, in seventh grade um, there was a very nice lady uh, Pam who came to our middle school and uh, she was recruiting for the uh, talent search program at that time it was called Ed- educational talent search out of the Centralia uh, College uh, there in southwest Washington and I didn't really know what she was talking about honestly like first of all I did not see myself going to college at all but <laughs> she kept saying like field trips and Mariners mm-hmm. games and like chances to get out of school mm-hmm. and I was a hundred percent on board with that <laughs> so uh, I, I wish that my motives came from a better place but honestly I just wanted to get out of school mm-hmm. um, which is hilarious as it turns out because of like you know my career trajectory but right you know I, <laughs> I, I stepped into that um, I stepped into that program and I I realized like yeah there was a lot of fun stuff but it was a lot of like positive feedback and I think I learned pretty early on as a kid that I really liked that positive feedback that I got from school and from sports and that was something that really really motivated me mm-hmm. um you know part of it was being a people pleaser but part of it was also uh really uh having something that I felt good about and I felt like I was good at and you know, people wanted me to be there. That that was a really good feeling. And so I pursued uh, educational talent search and all its wonderful opportunities all the way through middle school and high school. Uh, they connected me with Upward Bound Math Science uh, in the University of Alaska Fairbanks. So I participated in that summer program, uh, which was a six-week on-campus, first time I'd ever really been away from home for that long kind of thing. Uh, really got outside my comfort zone by coming to Alaska, but... I, I got to say it was the best thing that I've ever done because I I got a tuition waiver, a chancellor's tuition waiver for my first year. Oh, wow. And I went from being a kid that had no idea what they were going to do, uh, no real opportunities for, for higher education to somebody who was definitely going to go to a four-year college. Um, Amazing. So, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to reflect back on it, but I'm, I'm so glad that I... Um, 
you know, I reached out and I asked for help all the time. Um, yeah. I didn't really care if it made me look like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> I knew I didn't know what I was doing and I was okay admitting that. Um, but I, I just, I knew I needed lots of guidance. And so I really did. I asked a lot for it. And that yeah. continued when I got on campus here um, at UAF. I joined the student support services program right away. Um, my counselor, Mary Meyer, she made me promise that I would sign up for the SSS program as soon as I got here. <laughs> she, she like, she's like, you're going to, as soon as you get on campus, you, you grab that application, you sign up for that program. And so I showed up right away and was like, I was told to come here. Yeah. <laughs> my counselor, Mary, told me to come here. <laughs> um, yeah. And I connected with uh, with some folks that I actually knew from Upward Bound Math Science um, who had been uh, working with this SSS program and, you know, spent my whole undergrad participating. And, and now I, I get to work for this program that has helped me so much. So um, just incredibly thankful <laughs> for for all the opportunities for his um chaotic and, and stressful as my childhood was at times um, and not really knowing what, what I was going to do. Things have worked out so well. Um, and I, and I'm grateful for my family for being supportive. I'm grateful for my community and my, all my coaches, all my, uh, you know, all my youth pastors, all my everything, mm-hmm. um, for, for being there for me and, and supporting me, even though they thought I was a little bit crazy for moving to Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and no, it's not crazy, right? Like you, it looks like you really enjoy being in that beautiful state. Uh, it looks wonderful. I'd like to visit someday. So maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see how, you should definitely come up. we could, uh, <laughs> We could uh, have like a one-time only uh, trios company meets, uh, you know, uh, let's talk trio on the KSUA. You could record it for a podcast. Oh yeah! Uh, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be a great, uh, great times. People would have no idea what was going on. But oh we yeah. Would have fun. <laughs> we we would have fun absolutely, Victoria, and uh, absolutely uh, someday we'll we'll make it work absolutely. Um, so having heard your story and. Uh, I'm noticing a very common element with among a lot of trail alum, and I know ex- I've experienced it as well, is that has that um, uh, for when people assume, right, that college students are just college ready and they, they're going off, that sometimes uh, first-generation low-income students are the ones that want to feel like they're up to speed, and sometimes they don't ask questions or they don't yeah. follow up very often. Um what were some of the challenges you you faced going uh, going into college? Uh, that's, a, that's a really great question. Uh, I think I think I faced a, a number of of challenges. There was um, unfortunately I had a number of like family deaths when I was in college, and to be so far away from home was really hard. You know, I lost um, I lost uh, you know. Uh, cousin, um, uh, you know, my grandparents, um, I lost my dad my senior year in a car accident. And so, um, yeah, there was just a lot of loss and and Mm. processing that so far away from home was, was challenging, but I, I did, um, I did know to reach out for help and I did, um, I really leaned on my, my SSS advisor who ended up being my supervisor here in this office later on, um, Jenny and, uh, you know, I really, I couldn't have I couldn't have made it through those experiences without you know the faculty mentors that I had without the staff mentors that I had. Um, I also was really stubborn <laughs> and, <laughs> and caused a lot of pain and hardship for myself, which was unnecessary. But um, I just had like my mind made up that I was going to be a bachelor's of science in biological sciences, mm-hmm. and I was going to teach high school science after after I graduated. And I did that 
program to the extent that I bombed my sophomore year. Like, I probably should have failed out of college. I had two semesters. Um, one was like a 0.8-something, and the other one was like a 1.2-something. Like, mm. it was bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because I was so adamant. Like, this is the identity that I've taken on. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is relying on me to be successful in this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can't let anyone down. I can't let myself down. Um and it took like a real uh, come to Jesus meeting with my <laughs> with my SSS advisor. Like, hey, I know you love the sciences, and I know that you're really good at some of them, but you're not good at math, and you're not putting in the time and effort to do well in these courses. So, mm-hmm. um, you need to reevaluate where you're going in your life. Um, not that you can't do this, but that like it's maybe not worth the time and effort you would need to put in to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, so really trying to reevaluate, like, why did I even like the sciences? What did I want to do? What was my end goal? And how could that translate to another major that I was also good at and also, you know, enjoyed? Uh, and figuring out that, like, you know what? I really like the way that science is, it's kind of um, organized. It's, it's cause and effect, right? It's mm-hmm. things are interconnected. And, um, you know, the one other place that I kind of saw that happening was, was in history, actually, uh, and trying to figure out, um, you know, themes over time and, and uh, how things are interconnected and how at different points in time all across the world, very, uh, you know, similar things were taking place in, in different cultures, you know. So it was still allowed me to focus on, on something that was interesting to me and had interesting connections. Um, it uh, it still allowed me to focus in people, uh, which, like, teaching after high school is kind of my – or after college was my goal in a, in a high school. But focusing in social history also was, was a great way for me to, like, figure out, you know, my, my place in the world and kind of all, how it all connected together. Um, mm. I also had great faculty in that department, so that was another bonus. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, very apparent that you had uh, a lot of uh, a lot of support behind you, and oh, yeah. I think that for a lot of trio <laughs> students, right, that it's when they get into college and they get into a college campus, that support they want it to be consistent and they want it to be the same as they were when w- w- the way it was when they joined the trio program that they want that level yep. of support. And I feel like uh, a lot of colleges are beginning to understand that and they're they're needing to form these kind of support communities for students um, because uh, I think there's a movement, and I'm sure you've probably heard about it, about the campuses, not just not the student being ready for college, but the, the flip. It's the colleges being ready for the student um, and not yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for you, uh, as you go into the, the directorship, um, you want to influence and make sure that you want to continue helping students. Um, is there any part of that that you're going to, or is there any parts of the program that you feel are going to be important to either address or to make sure that you, you have that communities of, of support? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a really great point. Um, it really, it actually relates to the research that I, um, that I presented last week as, as part of my defense, you know, I, I kind of glazed over this, but, you know, I focused in history, uh, cultural history, and higher education, and just talking about how Alaska is is a unique place with a population that experiences challenges that other states just don't mm-hmm. experience. You know, like things things here, um, we're we're part of the circumpolar north. You know, there are there are, uh, 
unique geographic challenges that we face, um, you know, political challenges, there's mm-hmm. um, economic, um, you know, we're, we're uh, a resource-based economy, uh, which is inherently boom-bust, you know, and when we're in a bust cycle, uh, and having a state-funded institution in the North, that um, creates a lot of challenges. But what I focused on, actually, um, is not so much the challenges, but the student population that we serve, uh-huh. uh, and the challenges that they experience, and how, you know, if we create thoughtful um, policy and thoughtful um, you know courses to help this population that we that we serve how much that can do for us not only um, for like retention and graduation rates but also for the students you know successfully completing their degree programs which I think is a huge part of that so uh, I, I really focus in on student driven strategies for success and you know, a lot of these first-generation and low-income college students, academically underprepared students, they're entering the university system without the same cultural capital and social capital and, and financial capital that many continuing generation students have or students who, um, you know, are above the poverty line. So it, finding a way to help create that cultural capital once they get here, because it's not like they come in at a deficit and then have no opportunity to grow from there. That's a really, that's a fixed mindset, right? We talk a lot about this in higher education, fixed mindset versus growth mindset. These students are ready and and able to need that foundation and we can help them get that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like, uh, again, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of college campuses are beginning to realize, uh, I I love how you use the term cultural capital, uh, that sometimes we are not aware of, right, of what students already know and how they can come in kind of already prepared. Um, and that's, that's for me, that's kind of speaks for how college campuses are, are beginning to shift their mind uh, mm-hmm. on how, how they approach student and student development. Um, right. Yeah, so, and, and I feel like, uh, and this is just kind of sharing out loud, for me, it's, it's always felt that uh, universities and colleges uh, across across the United States have sort of this sort of identity crisis they they they're trying to figure out who they are what their purpose still is um, and I know for a lot of colleges that have not caught up to this conversation they're feeling kind of left out uh, but I know that University of Alaska and Fairbanks that y'all are doing a really good job out there to really address student development and address the unique population and the unique challenges that you all have over there yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of people here who really care about students and really want to help them be successful. But, you know, sometimes they've uh, they've worked in, in higher administration for a while and, and have sometimes forgotten what that student experience looks like or how policies could affect, um, you know, people who are the, the boots on the ground. And so just being really honest in those conversations and saying, like, I, I see where you're coming from on this, but I really think, you know, um, how how would this how would affect how would this affect our uh, our undergraduate population who's coming in without that same cultural capital? Because um, you know we serve over half of our undergraduates are the first in their family to go to college, mm-hmm. uh, and and so we gotta keep that in mind when we institute these kind of changes and make sure that um, that we're meeting that student where they are. And that, you know what? That's a it's a easier said than done. Absolutely, it's a spendy model. You know, trio programs, the services we provide are comprehensive, which inherently means that they're expensive (laughs) but they do they do good work and they really can level the playing field for students who experience these um these barriers in their pursuing their degrees so um i I, of the belief that it's a good investment of time and money uh, but i understand the limitations 
for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, as far as the work that you're doing, uh, again, uh, very happy for you, uh, Victoria. You, you keep doing a lot of great work out there. Um, I hope to read your, uh, your dissertation and your, your thesis. I, I really want to kind of delve into that conversation. Can you kind of give us a little taste of, um, I know you kind of already explained it briefly, but kind of go into like a little bit of detail of what, what, you, what discoveries have you made? What, what can you talk about as far as what, um, how you want to address those challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my, I definitely did a project. So I, there was no, there's no dissertation. Is uh, I, I, I took kind of the, <laughs> the easy, the easy way out. I learned through this process that I'm, I'm not necessarily an academic so much as I am a, a practitioner, and I'm oh, learning I see. to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing so uh, off-putting as writing about imposter phenomena while experiencing imposter phenomena. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and, and, you know, just going through that process and realizing that, like, my identity didn't disappear when I got my bachelor's degree. You know, I carry mm-hmm. this into the, the rest of my life. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, definitely something you want to keep in check and not let it kind of um, keep you um, from from being your best self. But you, you also um, you want to acknowledge that it's there for a reason. And it actually is an opportunity to connect with students who experience that same feeling so um the majority of my research was uh around creating some sort of first year seminar or first year experience course for first generation college students who are also low income and are academically underprepared for college so just a really targeted course to meet the needs that these students have coming in and the majority of my research focused in uh retention strategies in higher education but also with the lens of you know, the background that I have in history and specifically history of Alaska uh, and, and the understanding that there are, you know, for the undergraduate class, um, the freshman class coming in in the fall semester of 2017, we had over 26 percent Alaska Native or American Indian students. And, and that's a huge percentage of the population, um, you know, that that experiences very different um, high school, uh, you know, and, and, and transitioning to college can be really challenging. Um, you know, like the, the preparation that comes in uh, in rural Alaska for, for colleges, it, it looks different than in urban areas. And um, there's there's very unique challenges um, to providing quality education in rural Alaska. And I, I think it's a tough thing to talk about. It's definitely, um, it's a little bit of a touchy subject because there have been um, so many uh, changes of the guard with with education in, in rural Alaska. Um, you know, uh, missionary uh, run schools, Bureau of Indian uh, Education schools, um, you know, state run schools, and so on. So, um, just you know, meeting the needs of those students once they get here. If if we can't change their high school experience, you know, once they get on campus, what can we do to really help them be successful? Um, and so also acknowledging that beyond that we also have a lot of first gen and low income college students and knowing that universities are set up with uh you know very middle class values um and expectations and knowing that our students come in with that kind of mismatch um a lot of research that i I delved into um acknowledges that higher education while a great opportunity to move out of a lower uh, socioeconomic status and, and an opportunity to move into that middle class um, or, or upper class level depending on the degree mm-hmm. uh, that oftentimes students come to college with that expectation and then flounder and fail out and it, it actually keeps 
you know, keeps them in that uh, lower income earning bracket because they don't leave with a bachelor's degree. So instead of higher education being something that opens up new doors and new possibilities, it, it can oftentimes, um, you know, be that ceiling that, that, that keeps um, students from being successful if they don't have, you know, the support that they need to be successful. And, uh, luckily at, at UAF, um, I've, I've been lucky enough a program that really, um, you know, they value higher education, um, they value services for the students that we serve, and, and our TRIO program here has been um, just incredibly uh, well supported by, by the institution. I think being under the office of the provost makes a really big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're under an academic unit, and not everybody gets that opportunity to be under an academic unit like that as a, as a TRIO program. That's very good. Yeah, very, very good. Um, Victoria, I just want to, again, uh, just really emphasize that you've, you've done a lot of great work and it seems to, you really shine through, uh, with being a director with, uh, student support services and all the work that you've done previously. Uh, it seems like you keep heading on this path of, uh, being practitioner, like you said earlier, of really affecting, uh, how, uh, how student can be successful at the university, uh, especially on college campuses. Uh, when students feel kind of out of place, that imposter syndrome that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I think it's something that uh, not just our student population faces, uh, but, like, I, I think everybody to some extent faces that experience of mm-hmm. feeling out of place or, or not uh, feeling like you don't belong. Uh, and the real shame is that we don't talk about it. We don't open up and say, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I know what's going on here. I don't. I feel like everybody else has it all figured out. And right. you know, the more open we can be about those experiences and, and reach out for help when we need it, um, that's been the only way I've been successful at even a little bit, yeah. you know. <laughs> I could not have done it without the support system, all the different counselors that I had going through, um, you know, high school, yeah, college, the, the whole thing. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's a village of people that have helped Absolutely. Uh, so to kind of wrap up our podcast, uh, mm-hmm. five to 10 years from now, or even maybe even soon, are you thinking about possibly pursuing a doctorate degree? Oh, God. <laughs> 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 you probably picked the wrong time to ask me that question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm in a position to, to make any kind of decisions like that. I, uh, I really don't see it happening. Um, you know, I... I, I I'm a little burnt out right now. To be I got gotcha. you. I'm gonna spend some time doing some, some self care, you know, and, yeah, and running a... and, and uh, getting back to uh, a somewhat normal life. Um, but I think I'm just gonna invest my time and energy into making this the, the best program it can be for our students and making sure that um, you know other students on campus who are not um, able to use our services. You know, we're capped at 280, um, but there's over 2,000 students eligible for our program. You know, really trying to spread the the approach that we have, that comprehensive advising approach to to more students um, so that it's it's almost like um, a given that all students would experience these same kind of uh, services and, um, you know, the, the wraparound uh, approach to, to advising and to financial aid help and career services help and everything like that so that everybody can access it. Absolutely. So it seems like you're, you're already dedicated to what you want to do. Uh, I can relate to you on the burnout. Uh, I think after completing my master's program, I just want—I wanted to take an extended break from academics for a while and just kind of focus on, you know, what my purpose was. Uh, so I hear, I completely hear you. That self-care is super, super important. Yeah. 
So uh, again, Victoria, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you sharing your story, uh, sharing us, uh, kind of giving us an update of how you've been and all that since we both kind of went off the air for a while. And yeah, yeah, and I just really, truly enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I, you know, I look forward to seeing where you take this podcast. I'm so excited that you've uh, continued to pursue this. And um, yeah, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to help in any way I can. Oh, yes, please. Uh, Absolutely. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, so you just finished listening to the interview with victoria smith the current director of the trio student support services program at the university of alaska in fairbanks and she was also the former host of trios company at ksua i really want to say thank you to victoria for coming out and doing the interview Uh, I also want to send uh, thank yous to all the audience. Thank you so much for listening, for continuing to support the podcast. And a special thanks to uh, my three people that I always thank. uh, Mr. Roderick Chambers for being the honorary co-host and advisor for Let's Talk Trio. I also want to uh, thank Mr. Scott Kendall for being my tech advisor and overall production advisor as well. I also want to give a quick thanks to bensound.com for the music that you continue hearing every single week. Very wonderful music. I feel like it really fits the tone of our show. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I will see you next week with a brand new episode.